Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I am joined today by Amanda Loudon. Hello, Amanda. Hey, Sarah. How's it going? It goes well. I have one cat climbing around in front of <laughs> front of me. The other one is contentedly sitting behind me. So who knows? There might be a loud clash or smash or something. I don't know. I understand uh, how that is with three animals in my house. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, do you, have t- do you have two cats too? I have two cats and then one dog. Oh, very nice. We, oh my yet, of course we yet are. <laughs> reason number 3852 why we're the same <laughs> not <laughs> right right she's a two dog zero cat she wishes she could have a cat though okay she would really like to but her um i believe it's her husband who's really allergic to them yeah 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 so um so well, what are you working on these days what articles you writing I'm working on something funny with another one of your former guests. Um, I'm working with Jada Sherry on um, a piece on foot health for the Washington Post. So, Uh um, yeah. yeah, Oh, yeah. I saw your tweet. You were saying you wanted to find people who had had done something with their like made a change with their feet and it had a positive impact on their training. Yes, yes, yes. yes. So that's exactly tying into this article. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I just was like, wow, that is specific. That's amazing. That that's, that's somebody who really takes things, I think, to kind of a granular level. But to... there, those people are out there. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, most definitely. I'm not that person. You know, I, I mean, I, I will attend to a, a foot issue or something like that. And I certainly, you know, I, I pay attention to foot health as it were, you know, like yeah. I use those soul healers that we've been talking about some on our Facebook page and um, I, you know, roll my calves and stuff like that, but, um, I don't then, ex- I don't do it to be like, oh yeah, that's how I'm going to, you know, shave that two seconds off my right. minute pace or something. <laughs> right. Yeah. My mile pace. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, good. Well, um, this topic or actually our guest, I guess, came out of, um, an article that you worked on that we talked about because it's a topic that I've been trying to cover on the podcast for think two years now and it's um cannabis and cbd use among runners and i gotta tell you two years ago it was tough to find an expert who could kind of speak to the topic with some data behind them and i don't know it just was it was it was tough so that's what we're going to talk to but talk about today but i figured you know since since um you know we AMR is known for its candor. I thought maybe you and I should talk about our own cannabis and CBD use if you are okay okay with that, with that. Um, And I have to say that, you know, two, three, Alex, when was um, marijuana legalized in what July was that? Was that July of 2017? That was a hazy month. Not sure people could hear that. He said that was a hazy month. I think it was like, yeah, July 2017. Yeah, July 2017. So I just, oh my gosh, I just remember I thought, oh, the moment it opened, you know, you know, dispensaries open, I'm going to go to them because that's, you know, now my right and that's what I want to do. And um, gosh, it was probably a year and a half or two years before I finally got around to going to one of them. And it was actually Alex who I asked for advice. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm like, yeah, because he's a young person. He's a young person. He probably knows about the dope. Tell me the, the straight dope, Alex. Serve it up to me. <laughs> and uh, and um, so I remember specifically Alex was telling me about, he was the one who was, you were telling me about CBD as kind of 
somewhat as a recre, not recreational, but I was saying, because I said I want something that would help me kind of mellow out at the end of the day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so Alex told me about CBD. But without getting like yeah, without, really stoned. Yes, yeah. exactly. Exactly. And so he told me about CBD and I must have made Alex repeat it like five times. And I'm like, I'm not going to be able to remember that. So I came up with the mnemonic, which my dad's name was um, Charles Bowen, Charlie Bowen. And so CBD stands for Charlie Bowen Dad. Um, I love it. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I'm sure my father might not have liked that association. Yeah. But <laughs> um, but uh, um, so, yeah, so, you know, so CBD is, as we will dive into that with this, you know, CBD is legal, L-E-G-A-L, in all 50 states and the uh, District of Columbia. And uh, and now the dog has decided he needs to start fighting with one of the cats here beneath my feet. Um <laughs> Um, and whereas cannabis is not, although boy, it's, it's legal in close to half the States, I think now and district of Columbia. And let me just, let me just say something. Cannabis, um, CBD is derived from cannabis. So cannabis contains both CBD and that's the umbrella. Yep. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So yeah, just so we're using all the um, words correctly here, but, um, yeah, well in Maryland, um, we have medical marijuana, mm-hmm. um, but we don't yet have recreational marijuana. So, um, so, but I haven't even tried, you know, like as much as like a CBD cream or anything. I don't know. Wow. I mean, pain or anything. I know everyone raves about it and, and I get, you know, 20 pitches from 20 different PR agencies a day mm-hmm. about CBD products, but yeah, I haven't even, um, Oh boy. I, use, I use them in a lot of, di- I use CBD. Like several- oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, as balms on, you know, a sore back or sore feet, talking about feet again. Um, you know, I use it, I put some drops under my tongue to dissolve, you know, maybe about two hours before I want to go to sleep. So I can kind of just, wow. uh, you know, calm my mind, get, you know, lose a little bit of um, stress, melt away some stress. And um, yeah, so that said, um, uh, yeah, marijuana use, I, gosh, when was I'd be hard pressed to think about the last time that I used marijuana. So, um, but you know, I, I could, I could have it within minutes if I wanted it, but, right, right. but, but I'm not, I'm not much of a big imbiber of thing. I like to feel, um, at any given moment, like, boom, I've, I can, um, I don't want to say in control because that makes me sound more type A than I am, but it that just, the, yeah, that I was gonna, that's, that's exactly what was going to roll off my tongue. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. it's more just, um, I don't know. I just like having my faculties about me. How about that? Yeah. 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 That's fair. Yeah. 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 So, um, so yeah, but boy, I just remember, you know, t- when I talked about that with Alex and then, you know, Molly and I finally went to a dispensary and, oh, and my, my best friend was out from, um, Brooklyn and she and I went to a dispensary and boy, it just felt so it's, there is still a part of me that feels like it's very different than going into like a nail salon or even, right. even <laughs> a, a place where I'm going to get my beer. Oh my gosh. And we, uh, the, um, <laughs> we have the, you know, the Chrysler Pacifica that both Dimity and I, each of us have one and it has uh, another Mother Runner logo on it. And so <laughs> I made sure actually to kind of thumb my nose at it all. And I parked very conspicuously in front of the, <laughs> the dispensary. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, oh, should I take a picture and post it on social? Ha 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 ha. <laughs> but then, oh my gosh, the best was so that um, then, so Molly and I had gone in, we bought some, um, 
uh, CBD mints at M-I-N-T-S. And um, so anyway, so we're sitting there in the car feeling very proud of ourselves. And this was, I guess, about a year ago, maybe. And um, my phone rings and typically I wouldn't answer, but it was a local call and I'm like, okay. And it, it was a, a, a TriMet police official or, um, and TriMet is our, our local transportation, you know, our public transportation. And what it was, was that Phoebe, my older daughter, um, was on the bus and she, she goes to, um, she does, I think you know this, she does online school. And so, right. so it was during the school day. And so, but last year she didn't have a school ID. And so, um, uh, so anyway, so the guy was like, okay, you know, cause the school ID gets you free TriMet. And so she, the bus driver just waved her on. And so I get, I don't know if she really hadn't paid the fare, but he was really coming down hard on her. And he was like, well, why aren't you in school? If you're, if you claim to be this high school student that you say you are, <laughs> So, oh, wow. so anyway, so he's calling me and I just like, like officers of the law of any sort, like even parking, you know, maids like made me kind of nervous. And so there I am sitting in the dispensary parking lot, like breaking out into a sweat. So great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, they can see me. They can see me. Because, you know, he's like, oh yeah, you know, this is Mark Levine from da 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 And I'm like, I'm sorry, where did you say you're calling from? <laughs> so 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 we we straightened it out and he said oh because oh, she also doesn't have a driver's license so she had nothing to show that she was you know at the time i think 16 and um so we straightened it out i hang up the phone and um i said to molly i said oh phoebe must be freaking out right about now sure enough my phone rings <laughs> mom can you come pick me up <laughs> i'm like <laughs> I'm like, fine. I didn't have a no, buzz on yet, me. but but any buzz I might have had is now. Right, right. <laughs> um, so, so oh my goodness. So, um, so anyway, so as I was saying before, that it was tough to find an expert um, a few years ago, but um, thanks to you, you. Um, Introduce me to our guest, who has quite a resume. Dr. Joanna Zeiger is a former professional triathlete who is now a leading expert on the topic of cannabis and athletes. Dr. Zeiger conducted an expansive survey of 1,200 athletes about their use of THC and CBD. She's also the author of The Champion's Mindset, An Athlete's Guide to Mental Toughness, a topic we love. Um, in the athletic realm, you know this because you used to uh, do some workouts with her, Amanda. Um, Joanna is the 2008 Ironman 70.3 world champion. She represented the United States in the 2000 Summer Olympics in triathlon, the first time that sport was in the Olympics. She finished fourth. We'll dive into a conversation with Dr. Joanna Zeiger after this brief break. Stay with us. So Joanna, welcome to the show. It's so nice to have you on and nice to connect with you again. Yes, thanks for having me on the show. Um, I have known Joanna for a really long time and um, I can tell everyone she is very, very humble. And um, so her athletic resume is really impressive and goes beyond, you know, just, at, just, <laughs> it goes beyond having um, been, been an Olympian. Um, she's also qualified uh, for Olympic trials um, in other sports. And so Joanna, can you kind of give us a little more background um, beyond the intro that, that Sarah gave us? Sure. Um, so I started my athletic career as a swimmer. I swam all through high school and college. I went to the 1988 Olympic trials in swimming. I swam the 200 breaststroke and 400 IM. 
Um, I actually ended up swimming distance freestyle uh, in college at Brown University and had school records in the 500,000 and 1650. When I was done swimming uh, after college was over, I was looking for a new challenge and that was how I found triathlon. Uh, some of the people that I was around, I uh, did some master swimming, were triathletes and they introduced me to the sport. And I did my first race and I was hooked immediately. Just, just loved it right off the bat. And uh, so I spent about uh, maybe five or six years as an amateur, I think five years as an amateur athlete. And in 1980, uh, 1998, uh, I turned pro. And 2000, I went to the Sydney Olympics, uh, placed fourth. But uh, a little known fact is that in February of that year, I actually competed in the marathon Olympic trials. I had qualified the previous wow. year. Uh, wow. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I had some ups and downs. And in 2008, I won the Ironman 70.3 World Championships in what was then a world record time. Uh, in 2009, when I went back to defend my title, I had a really bad bike accident, which effectively ended my triathlon career. Uh, I took a little break from uh, racing and training and uh, was kind of nursing some uh, injuries that stay with me today. Uh, a, lot of the th a lot of the injuries that occurred in the bike accident are actually permanent. I sustained some damage to my rib cage, both structurally and um, injured a lot of, of the nerves that run between the ribs, the intercostal nerves. So I retired from triathlon in 2010 stopped riding a bike. It was just way too painful. And about five years ago, I actually stopped swimming. But somehow through it all, I was still able to run. So I did a lot of master's running and went to the Olympic trials for running in 2012 and 2016. So overall, I've been to seven Olympic trials, uh, three for triathlon, three for marathon, and one for swimming. Uh, and then, so I have not raced in about a year, but I do hope to get back to racing sometime in the near future. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, amazing, <laughs> amazing background. Um, so um, you, you know that this is a, a group of mother runners and you are mom to a fur baby. Tell us about it's It's a him. It right? is a him. Um, yep. Yes. Yeah, he, he, he runs with you, too. Correct. Yes. You know, um, you know, it's funny when when we got diesel, um, I was at a really low point. It was a little bit less than a year after my accident. And I didn't have a lot of answers for why I was still having so much pain and, and so much difficulty getting back to training and just wasn't feeling well and and uh, i was having trouble breathing and there were just a lot of answers that we didn't have at the time so we ended up getting diesel as kind of a therapy dog i just needed uh, i needed some canine loving i guess and and diesel is my first pet and i really um had no inkling at the time uh, uh how much of a therapy dog he would be he would become and he's also a fantastic runner. And so he runs with me almost every day. And I mean, he runs, you know, we've run thousands and thousands of miles together. And uh, it's just been, it's been awesome uh, having a little canine companion. So, you know, because we're going to be talking about your research and um, cannabis use in athletes, um, let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, the stigma surrounding it and how for you, um, you know, even going down that road was, was a little bit tough, um, you know, to, to come to the point where you wanted to even try it for your own use. And then talk to us, uh, talk to us a little bit about how that led to your current research. Sure. So my, my research into um, cannabis really comes directly from my own experience using cannabis. So I should back up a little bit. 
Uh, I spent eight years at the Institute for Behavioral Genetics here in Boulder, um, part of the, the university here, studying drug use and abuse in um, adolescents and young adults. And one of the drugs that we studied was marijuana. So I, I primarily studied uh, marijuana, tobacco, and alcohol, and looking at how use um, in adolescents um, affected use later in life. And a lot of the people in the studies that we had were very troubled kids. So it really put um, kind of a negative light on marijuana for me. It was, you know, at the time, the gateway drug theory was very popular. And we were really looking at a lot of um, negative things that were coming from marijuana use uh, in this demographic. And certainly you don't want adolescents using it. So, you know, we were appropriately studying um, cannabis in that group, but it really did sort of, for me, put a big stigma uh, around uh, cannabis and never occurred to me that it could have um, medicinal purposes. And the other thing also that created a stigma is that I was a professional athlete for many years. And during my time as an athlete, cannabis was banned in all forms. Um, those rules have changed over the years. So CBD is now allowed and THC is a threshold drug, meaning that if you get tested and you have it in your system, as long as it's below a certain level, um, that would not be a doping positive. But it is not allowed to be used in competition. You can use it out of competition. So the rules have definitely changed um, since I was racing, but because of what was going on during my time as an athlete, uh, it really just colored my opinion on cannabis. But um, you know, after my accident uh, with, with the intercostal nerve damage, creating a whole host of problems, you know, pain and shortness of breath and terrible muscle spasms and nausea, uh, I was put on a lot of different medications, some of which worked, some of which didn't work but I still wasn't really getting good sleep and I just was uncomfortable all the time. And my husband was adamant that I try uh, cannabis. It was legal here recreationally and I had a qualifying condition uh, with uh, neuropathy, but I just, you know, I couldn't get over the stigma and I also couldn't figure out like which doctor do I go see to ask for a prescription and mm -hmm. I was just mortified to ask my pain doctor for a prescription. I just, I couldn't even reconcile that in my head which is really funny because now I have no problem talking to doctors about it and, you know, kind of let them all know that yes, you know, cannabis is part of my pain regimen, but, it, but, you know, five, six years ago, it was very different. When cannabis became legal recreationally, it lifted one of the barriers. And so I marched into a dispensary and I said, you know, I want to try some cannabis. This is what I want to use it for. And I left there with a whole bunch of products and that started my cannabis journey. Hmm. Hmm. So um, let's have a bit of a schooling for people so that, um, as Amanda pointed out, that THC and, and CBD are, all, are both part of cannabis. So could you talk about the difference between those? And, um, you know, so that I think for some people, when they hear, um, you know, cannabis, they think we're talking about smoke and weed so that, you know, kind of make that that differentiation between the, the two elements, please, and, sure. and the products they're in. And, yeah. you know, the nomenclature is really confusing. And even, yeah, within, yeah. even within the industry, there still isn't um, standardization of nomenclature, and there isn't standardization of packaging of products. And so it becomes, mm -hmm. and there's no standardization of dosing. So it does become very complicated. But, you know, cannabis sativa is the plant. And underneath that, you would have marijuana. And marijuana is sort of the high THC um, cannabis plant. And that's the one that, you know, we typically think of as like the stoner drug, but 
we're trying to get away from that and uh, look at it, you know, uh, more as uh, medical purposes as well. But so the, the marijuana plant is the one that has high THC. Um, when we talk about hemp, which was just legalized at the end of last year with the farm bill, um, hemp is uh, also part of the cannabis uh, family, but uh, by definition, it has less than 0.3% THC. So it's very, so it has some THC, but it's very low in THC, but very high in CBD. So it's primarily CBD. So when you hear of something like hemp derived CBD, so it's coming from the hemp plant, and you can also get CBD extracted from the marijuana plant, and you can purchase products that are just CBD only, meaning that they've taken out all of the THC. You can buy products that have THC only, meaning that there's no CBD in it. And then you can get products that have all sorts of variations of percentages of THC and CBD. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, so and going into the the legality of the whole thing, that um, so it seems to me that THC is, um, as I mentioned before, it's still illegal in about half the states, but the CBD is legal nationwide and sold in gosh, just every different type of place from seems like you know gas station quickie marts to cvs and and online certainly um so but as you mentioned it's not closely regulated so what are some overarching caveats that you would share about buying cbd products or thc products one or the other yeah Yeah. well i mean i think for both um cbd and thc it's extremely important to buy from a reputable source so let's start with thc Um, THC uh, in legal states, and um, and I'll talk about Colorado because that's the state that I live in and I'm most familiar with. If you're going to buy um, THC um, at a dispensary, it's gone through testing at a state-regulated lab, and then you get a sticker on it and it tells you what's in it so that you know what you're purchasing. If uh, one of the things that's occurring right now that you may have heard of is um, a lot of lung injury due to vaping. And what they're finding out right now is that most of this crisis is occurring from people purchasing THC uh, illegally on the black market. And so it's being cut uh, with vitamin E oil and other things that could be causing harm to the lungs. So uh, when you're looking at THC, please purchase it from a legal entity. Because if you don't, you have no idea what's in it and it could make you very sick. And the same with CBD. So CBD what's happening is what you mentioned, that you're seeing it everywhere. You can purchase it anywhere. And when independent testing companies like uh, Consumer Labs and, and other companies like, uh, like them uh, purchase a bunch of CBD off the shelf and then they test it in-house, what they find is that a lot of the products don't have what's written on the bottle. So maybe they have no CBD. Maybe it says that it's THC-free and it actually has THC. Maybe they're actually... Um, uh, other things in it that, that aren't being mentioned that, that could be harmful to your health. So when purchasing CBD, you want to purchase it from a dispensary if you can. You want to purchase it from a company that has their certificate of analysis on their website, or you want to purchase from a company that um, has been given like a seal of approval from a company like Consumer Labs, so that you're purchasing it from a reputable company that you know you're getting what they say you are getting. Okay. So can you walk us through a bit of your own personal experience in terms of, you know, your early experience with cannabis and how you kind of figured out the right dosing? Because as you mentioned, it's, it's you know, kind of a um, unregulated, un, you know, there's not a lot of information. So, so talk to us about how you figured out what worked for you. Yes, yeah, so one of the big difficulties right now, and, and 
more and more research is coming out and people are able to at least start making some basic recommendations. But my thought is with cannabis more than any other medication or most other medications is that you're going to see very, very huge individual variations in what, what's going to work for people. Um, whether you know, they are incredibly reactive to THC and they only need tiny doses of it, or some people need very, very large doses of THC to have an effect. Um, some people feel wonderful when they use CBD and other people feel nothing. And so, and it has to probably do uh, with the receptors in the body and the way they're binding and what ratio of receptors people have. And, you know, it's, it's unknown um, at this point exactly why that is. But I think cannabis is a very, very personal experience because of the reactions people have um, to THC, CBD, and the combinations of it. When I first started using cannabis uh, about, I think, five, six years ago, um, actually, this is funny, you know, I went into the dispensary and they gave me a patch and I put the patch on my leg and nobody told me to cut the patch into quarters. I just put the whole thing on my oh, leg. Geez. And I was <laughs> so high that um, I just basically fell asleep for like four hours. And so that, that was sort of my very first experience uh, using cannabis medically. Of course, you know, like most people, uh, as I had used cannabis, you know, in college, et cetera. But, you know, in, in my second cannabis life, um, this was my first experience. And um, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say it was a bad one. I didn't enjoy being that high. But the benefit I got was that I actually slept. So, and I was having really bad um, pain-induced insomnia. So I really had this understanding that, okay, well, this wasn't quite the right dose for, especially for daytime use, but I did sleep. So it's going to take some finagling, but I'll figure it out. And so, you know, eventually I honed in on the, on the right dose and I use um, edibles and so, um, you know, I experimented with various edibles and different dosing to get the one that worked the best for me. And so, you know, every night I use an edible. And then during the day, um, and I have tried like all sorts of things. I've tried using like very high doses of CBD. Um, I've tried all different ratios of CBD and THC everywhere from a one-to-one -one ratio, meaning that it's equal parts THC and CBD. And then I've used like, um, you know, 15 to one ratio, meaning 15 parts of CBD to one part THC. Now, one of the things that I should mention is that, you know, CBD um, is not psychogenic, so it doesn't make you high. Whereas THC, as we all know, is the psychoactive component and it does make you high. But if you can find that right combination of CBD and THC, the CBD actually can take away that high. And so for some people, a one-to-one -one ratio is great and they can take it and they don't feel high. Um, for me, a one-to-one -one ratio, I still feel high, so I don't use that during the day. Um, whereas like a two-to-one or a four-to-one works very well for me. So I microdose um, throughout the day small amounts of, um, you know, this THC and CBD to help with the pain and the spasms. Uh, other routes of administration are things like um, oils, topicals. Um, you can vape it, um, you can smoke it. Uh, those are not two routes of administration that I particularly use. Uh, for me, uh, you can use capsules, um, and I've tried all of them. And so what I find works best for me personally um, are the gummies, um, but for somebody else that might not work, and capsules are better for them. So the advice I give people is, you know, you've got to be willing to try different products. So if you try a capsule and it doesn't work, try a tincture. And if that doesn't work, then you might need the gummy. But keep really good records of what you're doing because it's hard to remember. And then the other thing is to start low, go slow. So start with a very low dose of whatever you're using 
and then just work your way up slowly until you get to the dose that is providing relief from whatever it is you're using it for. Okay. And things mm -hmm. change too. Our bodies change. Um, you know, some people develop tolerance, um, new products come out that are worth trying. So it, it's always, for me, it's a work in progress. I'm always keeping my eyes out for things that might be helpful to um, alleviate my symptoms. And if I find something that looks interesting, uh, I will buy it and try it. Nice. Now, can I ask about a myth that is associated with, um, or, well, you can either say it's a myth or, or, or not. Um, I'm curious. Um, I've heard um, before that CBD is not always effective if it doesn't have some THC along with it. Is there any truth to that? Yes and no. So there's something called the entourage effect. And that is where you get the most benefit from the whole plant. So the, the cannabis plant has a lot of cannabinoids. The ones that we are most familiar with are THC and CBD. But the reality is there are hundreds of cannabinoids in the plant. And then there are also things called terpenes, which uh, give it its scent. And um, it's not really exactly known um, what each component of the plant does, but there is this thought that the whole plant itself provides the, the best benefit. So yes, there, there are studies that show that the combination of THC and CBD together, um, you know, co-use of it and what, what we found in our study is going to give you the most benefit. However, um, for things like seizure disorders, they, they give patients just CBD and a lot of patients do well with that. And um, anecdotally, of course, we don't love anecdote, especially as a scientist, but that's what we have right now. Um, you know, I do hear a lot of times that people are using CBD and they feel great using just CBD. Um, so it's going to be very um, personal. Um, for me, like I just don't get that benefit from CBD. I need some THC to kick it into gear. And um, a lot of studies are showing that to be the case. And it doesn't have to be a lot of THC. You know, for some people, it might be just, you know, one milligram of THC is enough. And that's where that experimentation comes in handy. Mm, okay. Mm -hmm. So you, uh, Joanna, said that you um, use cannabis to treat chronic pain and to sleep better. So what are some other reasons that mother runners might consider using um, products with THC or CBD in them? So that's a good question, you know, because especially with CBD being all the rage right now and people, mm -hmm. you know, say, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to use CBD. And I say to mm -hmm. them, well, what are you going to use it for? Well, I'm just going to use mm -hmm. it or I want to feel good. <laughs> and, and, and that's, you know, it's very nebulous. So if somebody is going to embark on using cannabis, whether it's THC or CBD or, or some combination of both, the first thing you want to do is define the reason why you're using it. And some of the reasons could be um, for, for chronic pain. Uh, a lot of athletes have pain. And so it could be something that could help uh, alleviate that rather than using things like ibuprofen. Um, anxiety is something that um, uh, cannabis can be very helpful for. Um, sleeping, um, topicals are good for things like joint and muscle pain, uh, nausea, uh, lack of appetite. Um, yeah, I think, I think those are some of the, the reasons why people might use it. And then, you know, if people have chronic conditions like um, IBD or fibromyalgia, cannabis also can be very helpful to alleviate symptoms of those diseases. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, so that leads to some questions. We oftentimes get questions from, take questions from our Facebook audience. And um, a woman named Sarah in Arizona, she wrote, I hear CBD is a great anti-inflammatory. Is it better taken internally, applied topically, or both? And it sounds like it might be back to what you were saying, that it's all 
um, personal and, and need to experiment a little bit. But what do you what do you want to say to Sarah from Arizona? Um, I think it probably depends on you know what that inflammation is coming from. So if you have a sore knee um, or you know you have a tight hamstring or your ankle hurts, I think topicals are really good for that. Um, in terms of like systemic inflammation or fatigue, then you'd probably want to use um, something that's going to be ingested. Okay. Um, we got uh, a question from Melissa, who's a nurse. And she said, if I use CBD oil, could I potentially test positive for THC or marijuana on a drug screening? The benefits sound great, but it's not worth losing my job or nursing license. So that, that's a, an interesting question. And, and that's where it becomes very important to know the source of the product that you're purchasing. So if you are being drug tested, then you do not, you want to purchase a product that is going to be CBD only. You want to make sure that there is zero THC in it. And so again, you've got to, you know, do the homework and make sure that the, the product that says that it has no THC, they have a certificate of analysis or it's been vetted by a third party so that you know that, there, that there's no THC. Now, if you use, um, you know, hemp-derived CBD product, but it doesn't say that it's CBD only, it can still have that 0.3% of THC. If you use enough of that over time, that can build up in your system and you can test positive. I did read recently that there are some labs that have some antiquated testing that um, actually will test somebody positive for THC, even if they're only using CBD. Um, and so it's a particular testing method um, that has that issue. But if you are going with standardized testing and you're really only using CBD, you should not test positive. Hmm. That's, and, and can I just, I guess that's going to bring up another one of those myths. Um, and I was just telling Sarah about this before we started, but I mean, I've also, you know, heard a few people um, throughout that article that I was writing say um, that, you know, it's really, really hard to completely strip the THC from the CBD if you, and is there any truth to that? Um, I don't know about the extraction enough to give an answer. Okay. 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 Um, so, and Robin wants to know about drug interaction. Can CBD affect other medication? How does one know or, you know, look that up? So, you know, I should give this, I should have given this caveat right at the beginning, but, you know, if somebody is embarking on cannabis, they really should, if possible, talk to a, a cannabis physician. And they are out there. You can um, Google them. A lot of them will do consults over the phone so they don't have to be particularly in your state. Um, the cannabis nurses are actually on the forefront of cannabis information. So you can also uh, look up cannabis nurses um, to see, uh, to discuss with them what, you're, you know, what drugs you're taking now, what potential interactions may occur. Again, that's a little bit outside of my realm. And it's something that actually we want to study. I don't, there's really not a ton of information. And one of the studies that we're trying to get off the ground right now is looking at cannabis use in older adults because we want to look at drug interactions because older adults are on a lot of medications and they would be a high-risk group for drug interactions. And so uh, right now, I don't think there's a ton of information out there, but uh, the cannabis nurses or cannabis physicians would be your best bet to talk specifically about the medications you are on and what interactions might occur. Hmm. And do you think for people who are um, um, just kind of very super conscientious people, I'll say that, do you think there would be um, 
you know, it would maybe calm their minds a little bit, no pun intended, that that to talk to a cannabis or have a consult with a cannabis physician or, or nurse before even just taking CBD, even if they're not on anything? Or do you think that's kind of um, a little overkill? Well, I don't, I, I don't think it's overkill, depending on the circumstance. So if you have a sore knee, for example, yeah, going to the dispensary or somewhere to buy a topical is not going to be a big deal. But if you're somebody like myself with a very complicated chronic pain syndrome and other health issues, um, talking to a, a cannabis specialist would be beneficial so that um, you can get an idea of what products and what ratios to start with, because the starting point is always very difficult. So for, you know, complex um, conditions, I think getting information from somebody that really has seen a lot of patients and has a lot of experience would be helpful. Mm-hmm. So any other advice for people who are um, thinking about trying a THC or CBD product that you think we haven't covered? I, you know, I think the, the thing, there are several things to stress. Number one is that cannabis isn't for everybody. It's, it's not mm-hmm. going to work for everybody. Um, some people will be allergic to it. Some people will have terrible reactions to it. Some people just might not like it. So it's not for everybody. But cannabis can be helpful for a lot of things. It, it, it can potentially help alleviate pain. It can decrease anxiety. It can help with sleep. Um, it can help with inflammation. Uh, but cannabis is not the be all end all either. So even if cannabis is something that you're implementing, it may not be the only thing that you're using for your health and wellness. So for myself, as an mm-hmm. example, you know, I use cannabis as one of many things in my health and wellness regimen. I'm still on other medications. I still pay attention to my diet. I still exercise. I still try to get enough sleep. So I would say that cannabis is not, you know, it's not an excuse for bad behavior and other things. So, Mm -hmm. you know, for athletes that are looking to cannabis um, as a cure-all for overtraining or for other kinds of things, it's not going to be that. And then the Mm -hmm. other thing is that, you know, don't be afraid to experiment. If something doesn't work, it doesn't mean that cannabis itself doesn't work. It just means that Mm -hmm. a different route of administration or a different product might work better. Mm -hmm. And and on that point, um, so I've thought about that. I'd be like, oh, I'd really like to, like I got, I mentioned that I, um, in the intro that I bought some mints with my running partner and and I bought ones that were supposedly just CBD and she bought ones that were, uh, had some uh, THC in them. And so then they came in these little tins. And so sitting there in our, in the minivan, we like swapped and cause mine came with 20 and hers <laughs> came with 10. And so I gave her 10 of mine and she gave me five of hers. <laughs> and, so, um, and so, um, but, th- but I always am like, Oh, it, you know, is to, is tonight, you know, is it, am I off duty enough as a mom? Like all my kids are home. Like I can do this, you know, and that, that I hear you saying about taking it during the day. I'm always like, but, but I need to work today. Like what if it makes me totally loopy? So, I mean, kind of, it sounds kind of idiotic, but what, what um, guidelines do you give about experimenting with it? So you definitely, if you're new to it, you want to, like I said in the beginning, you want to start low, go slow. So you want to start at a very small dose. I mean, you could even start, I don't know um, how many milligrams of THC were in those mints, but you know, if they were 10 milligrams, that would actually be kind of high to start with. I would start with maybe two and a half or five milligrams, something Uh that might make you a little bit high, but not so high that you're incapacitated. And you definitely Mm -hmm. want to start either at night or on a weekend uh, during a time Mm -hmm. where you don't have to drive or make any decisions. And Uh kind of go from there because then you'll find your starting point. 
Now, for me, um, like I said, I do use it during the day, but I found a combination of THC and CBD, and if I take it in the right dose, um, I don't feel impaired. Um, in fact, I don't really, you know, I don't feel anything except um, I have some relief on my pain and I have fewer spasms. Um, and, and when mm -hmm. I talk about microdose, I mean, I'm taking like, you know, a sliver of a gummy, but I just take mm -hmm. it throughout the day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think it would just be a, a matter of finding a, finding a time where you've got a few hours where you, you don't have any responsibilities or um, low responsibilities and you definitely don't want to be driving. Mm -hmm. And also, I would think that um, given that the effect time is so different on some people, I, I know that when I take a CBD product, it really takes a long time for me to feel the effect. But to not say after 30 minutes, oh, I don't feel anything. I'm going to, since I only <laughs> took the arm of that little gummy bear, maybe now I'll, pop, you know, I'll eat the entire body of the gummy bear. And <laughs> so, suddenly you go from, from not really feeling any effect to like, woo, you know, <laughs> really feeling yeah, it. Yeah. And that is, that is a big problem that happens and you, people end up in the emergency room. So mm. if you are using an edible, it, it can take 45 minutes to an hour and a half before you feel any effects. So be patient with it. Mm -hmm. um, things like mm -hmm. vaping, um, smoking, those are going to have an immediate effect. And things like oils will probably have a more intermediate effect uh, in between the, the um, edibles versus smoking or vaping. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Hmm. And I was intrigued with with the um, putting the oils under your tongue, and that that then it gets absorbed by the little capillaries under your tongue. Is is that right? Rather than when if you swallow it, then it has to be processed through your kidneys. Is it? I I, I was not. I'm not strong in the sciences. So so uh, so that uh, oils or tinctures or something, you are supposed to put them under your tongue, right? Right. They, they do get absorbed more quickly that way. Yes. And then mm -hmm. there are also mm -hmm. sprays that people can use. Oh. Um, again, those go under the tongue. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Well, um, this has been very enlightening. Thank you so much for talking with us. Oh, it's been my pleasure. All right. Well, I would say let's turn to hear what Dimity's up to in the Train Like a Mother Club, but we are no longer going to do that because we are debuting a new show next month. Um, it's going to be called AMR Trains, and it will alternate with AMR Answers, which is our Q&A show that Dimity and I do that currently comes out every other Tuesday. So that leaves a Tuesday, the other every other Tuesday, vacant of AMR content, um, podcastually. Um, so, um, so anyway, so Dim is going to start doing, um, AMR trains. So you will get a nice dose of Dimity, um, every other week and find out, um, just have interviews with athletes who are in our train, like a mother club program, or one of our coaches, or just kind of some questions that are pinging around the AMR realm and talk about that. So, um, look for that to debut on January 7th. We appreciate you subscribing to and rating this podcast wherever you listen. If you're a fan of this show, which I suspect you might be if you're still listening, um, please leave us a rating or tell someone about the show. Our podcast today was produced in Portland, Oregon by Alex Ward from Sounds Like Pictures. Many happy miles. Many happy miles.